Uh, welcome everyone to the Wednesday, February 7th, 2024 formal meeting of the Iowa City Planning and Zoning Commission. For purposes of attendance, please note Commissioners Wade, Townsend, Qualhorse, Hench, and Craig are present. First, uh, third item number three on the agenda is public discussion of any item not on the agenda. If any member of the public has something they would like to discuss, <laughs> but since there are no members of the public, I think we can pass that. This is the first time that's ever happened. Is this the first time? There's never been anybody first here? First time I've, since I've been on. It's wow. a first. Historic. Yeah, about every other time it's standing room only. So this is kind of nice. <laughs> okay, we'll go to item number four, rezoning items. Case number REZ24-0002. Location is 1916 Waterfront Drive, 429 Southgate Avenue, 430 Southgate Avenue, 436 dash 438 Southgate Avenue and 501 Southgate Avenue. This is a city initiated application for rezoning of approximately 4.5 acres of land from intensive commercial zone to commercial community commercial zone. And Parker, are you the presenter on this one? I got it. Uh, good evening, Parker Walsh, Associate Planner. And uh, as the chair mentioned, tonight I'll be going over a rezoning application and this is a city-initiated application for rezoning of approximately 4.5 acres of land from intensive commercial to community commercial for properties located at 1916 Waterfront Drive, 429 Southgate, 430 Southgate, 436 to 438 Southgate, and 501 Southgate Ave. Shown here is a location map of our five properties we'll be going over tonight, and they're all Right in here, we'll get into more detail on those. Um, next, we have our zoning map. As you can see, it's currently zoned CI1, as well as much of the area here in this central commercial area. It's bordered by CC2 to the north, and then farther to the west and to the east. And then there are some residential zones to the south. In November of 2023, the City Council adopted multiple amendments to the Zoning Code, and these amendments were intended to improve housing choice, increase housing supply, and encourage housing affordability. The amendments also included provisions to address potential for housing issues, and those changes included treating assisted group living uses as more consistently with multifamily uses, and reclassifying uh, community service long-term housing as a residential use. And just to clarify, uh, community service long-term housing is no longer a use in our zoning code, and these existing properties are considered multifamily now. These two changes removed residential uses from CI1, and in doing so, any residu residential uses um, that are existing in CI1 are considered non-conforming. some zoning history. As of 1983, the comprehensive plan and the zoning code update, um, it turned many of the commercial properties to CI1 in this area. And then gradually over the last 40 or so years, this area has evolved from more than just CI1. And that uh, started in 1994 with the Hy-Vee property here shown uh, to the north. And then in 2006, some properties along Boyerum Street were rezoned and the locations um, just east of the Hy-Vee, 1803 and 1835, were rezoned to CC2 to accommodate uh, Hy-Vee expansion. Also in 2006, properties located north and south of Stevens Drive were rezoned CC2. 
And the last rezoning in 2006 for this area was along South Gilbert Street, and that extended north through Stevens Drive and then along both the west and east side of South Gilbert Street. Excuse me. Um, I just want to add to the minutes if we can reflect that Commissioner Padron is present for the meeting. Thank you. Um, the county um, also purchased this property here, shown zone as neighborhood public in 2018, and rezoned it from CI1. And then our properties that we're going over tonight began establishment in the mid-1990s through the mid-2000s, and they have remained CI1 since they were established. During the last 40 years, the meaning and the intent of the intensive commercial zone has also changed. When CA1 was first adopted, multifamily, assisted group living, and transitional housing were all allowed in CA1 through special exceptions. And CA1 was initially an all-encompassing commercial zone, and that has changed over time as the zone now focuses more on intensive commercial uses. In 2005, multifamily was removed from CA1. And then in 2016, commercial or community service long-term housing was added as an allowed and allowed through special exceptions. In 2023, uh, the city addressed potential fair housing issues by aligning assisted group living and community service long-term housing with other residential uses. However, these uses are no longer allowed in CI1 zones. As mentioned, the Properties are currently zoned intensive commercial, and this zone um, is generally focused towards operations, which typically characterize as outdoor display, uh, repair and sale of large equipment or motor vehicles, outdoor commercial amusement, and retail uses are limited in this zone to provide opportunities for those more intensive commercial uses. And as mentioned, no residential uses are allowed in CA1 following that 2023 zoning code amendment. We are proposing a community commercial or CC2 zone, and these, uh, this zone usually provides areas tended for a variety of retail goods and services. They're usually indoor services with limited outdoor activities, and if there are to be outdoor uses in the CC2 zone, they tend to come with approval criteria that include more intense screening or increased setbacks. CC2 would allow residential uses such as assisted group living and multifamily, and without this rezoning, these properties could continue operating as legal non-conforming uses, but they would be unable to expand unless they are rezoned or the use changes. Uh, next, I'm gonna compare the CC2 property uses uh, shown here in the column in the middle and intensive commercial, which is the existing zone. As you can see, um, residential uses are only allowed in this CC2 zone and they've all been removed from intensive commercial. Um, some of the more notable intensive commercial uses that are would not be allowed in community commercial include industrial services, heavy manufacturing, warehouse and freight movement, and wholesales. And then there are still some uses allowed in CC2 that may be seen as more intensive, but these are generally um, provisional uses that would require that increased screening or these increased buffers to maintain uh, combat compatible neighborhoods. We did prepare an analysis to summarize the existing non-conforming uses and detail what would change as part of this rezoning. 
The CC2 zone would better align the zoning with the existing land uses and compatible development. And the sites may continue to operate as legal nonconformities in CI1 without this rezoning. But as mentioned, there are zoning code standards that would prohibit any redevelopment, expansion, or alterations under the existing uses. And the following slides aren't meant to find all the potential concerns of the properties and future site plans may uncover some additional code compliance concerns and those could be simpler things like parking lot screening. Um, the map here shows the properties I'm gonna be going over in our next slides. So we have the 501 Southgate, which is a multifamily use, 429 Southgate, which is community service, 436 and 438 Southgate are multifamily with ground floor offices 430 Southgate is assisted group living. And then the last property of the subject rezoning is 1916 Waterfront with general community service and medical offices. And this is bordered to the north by Hy-Vee, to the east with Plum Supply Company, and to the west with Fiddlehead Gardens and an auto repair shop. Starting with 1916 Waterfront Drive, this is the Four Oaks property, and they received a special exception to establish a group care facility, which is now what we'd refer to as assisted group living. Today, the property is no longer used for assisted group living. Uh, the property owner shared that with us, and the existing uses now are general community service and medical office. Both of these existing uses um, would be permitted under the CC2 zone, However, if it were to remain CI1, if they wanted to have an expansion, it would require another special exception for that general community service use. And if they wanted to reestablish the assisted group living use, they could do so in a CC2 zone provisionally. 430 Southgate Avenue, this is a community and family resources property. They received a special exception in 1985 for assisted group living. This is currently a legal non-conforming property following the 2023 um, zoning code amendment, but assisted group living would be allowed in the CC2 zone. Next, we have 436 and 438 Southgate, another community and family resource property. The existing uses are multifamily with ground floor office, and multifamily has not been allowed in CA1 since at least 2015, or 2005, but the property is a legal non-conforming use right now. Um, again, if rezoned, these uses would be allowed provisionally. And the multifamily, um, we don't see any, any additional non-conforming concerns as it is located above the ground floor. 429 Southgate Avenue is a shelter house property and they received a special exception in 2004 for a community service shelter um, with up to 70 temporary residents. Uh, the community service shelter requires a special exception in both CI1 and CC2, so they could continue to operate in either zone as it's already been legally established. 501 Southgate Ave is a shelter house property again, and they received a special exception in 2020 for community service long-term use. And as mentioned, this use no longer exists in the zoning code following the 23. 2023 zoning code amendment, and it's now referred to as multifamily. So the existing uses on the site would be multifamily with accessory supportive services. Um, multifamily, again, is not allowed in CA1, and it would be allowed provisionally or through a special exception 
NCC2, and that just depends on uh, where the multifamily would be located, whether on the ground floor or if, if on the ground floor it requires a special exception above the ground floor, we could approve it provisionally. Currently, the site has 36 one-bedroom units, um, so it does exceed the maximum density allowed in CC2, and it would still remain uh, a legal non-conforming use. So the rezoning wouldn't um, resolve all of the non-conformities, but the site could continue to operate as a legal non-conforming use. The comp plan identifies the properties as suitable for general, commercial, and intensive <coughs> commercial with specific land use goals that include um, transitions between residential and intensive commercial uses to promote long-term healthy neighborhoods. There are also specific neighborhood design principles such as buffering residential development from incompatible uses. The South District also identifies this area as commercial and encourages mixed-use residential development with commercial areas to achieve goals of long-term neighborhoods with um, strong health and appeal. By rezoning the CC2, uh, potential CC2 development aligns more with the comprehensive plan and the South District Plan vision for commercial areas as they would allow residential uses um, mixed in with commercial uses. Um, the existing uses become more compatible with, zoning with the zoning designation and any potential redevelopment. Uh, the rezoning would maintain the existing transition of uses as we have the um, um, single family to the south followed by multifamily and office uses, more multifamily and office as you cross to the north of Southgate with assisted group living and then general community surface and office use at 1916 Waterfront, followed by the commercial area of Hy-Vee to the north. The surrounding properties um, may require increased screening if they were to be redeveloped in the future as there are existing residential uses in the area. And again, that may just include um, something like more intense screening along the property lines. Um, the rezoning QCC2 would restore the existing uses to conforming use status. Additionally, given the existing development in the area, rezoning to CC2 would create a more compatible neighborhood and vision in the comprehensive plan, and all, I also emphasizing buffers between these incompatible uses. Um, rezoning to CC2 also removes the potential for development of some of those more incompatible or more intensive commercial uses that would be allowed in CI1 zones. And for these reasons, staff recommends approval of REZ 24-0002, a rezoning of approximately 4.5 acres of property located at 429 Southgate Avenue, 430 Southgate, 436 and 438 Southgate, 501 Southgate, and 1916 Waterfront Drive from intensive commercial to community commercial. Following the recommendation from the commission, uh, the anticipated timeline would be February 20th, council sets public hearing, and March 19th, council public hearing and first consideration. That concludes the presentation and I now turn it over to the commission. Now's the opportunity for any member of the commission to ask questions of staff. Um, just to re-clarify the question I asked earlier, there's a not-for-profit located east of this area that's uh, 
don't know how to be classified, an assistant group living. Why was that not included in the rezoning? Yeah, I think you're referring to um, a nonprofit that op operates the community service shelter use, which is allowed in the CI1 zone. So our text amendment didn't create um, any non-conforming situations for that nonprofit. All right, thank you. Any questions for staff on this zoning applications? Uh, I, I just have one kind of quick question, mostly for my own education. Um, when a property is rezoned, what happens to the special exceptions that have been granted to the property? Like I'm looking at the parking, for example, uh, the parking reduction that was permitted at 430 Southgate. Does that remain, or does that technically then become a non-conforming use? No, the, the special exceptions still, um, they still exist, and they would still be applied to the property. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't go away. They would remain. Um, and so the rezoning doesn't affect the special exceptions. Okay. Thank you. Any additional questions? Okay, we'll go ahead and open the public hearing on this rezoning. Is there anybody who would like to address this issue from the public? Seeing no one coming forward and no one being present, we'll close the public hearing. Can I have a motion on this application? So moved. Motion by Townsend. Is there a second? Second. Second by Wade. Wade. Discussion? Bill, you want to go first? It just looks like it's, uh, it should happen. Um, that whole area is uh, commercial. And to add the assisted living sections, the, the uh, You've already got those kinds oh, you of want to pull your microphone down? <coughs> you already have those type of facilities there already. And just to add the addition to make it legal makes sense. Chad? Yeah, I mean, with the changes that we made <coughs> uh, back in November of this year, um, you know, we need to realign the zoning to match the use, so... It makes sense. Any further discussion? Okay. All those in favor of approving the application signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, the motion is approved six to zero. Next item on the agenda is consideration of meeting minutes from January 17th, 2024. Does anybody have any major additions or corrections to those minutes as submitted? Seeing none, is there a motion for approval? Move approval. Motion by Craig, is there a second? Second. Second by Townsend. Discussion? Hearing no discussion, all those in favor of approving the minutes from January 17th, please signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, the motion is approved six to zero. Item number six, election of officers. Um, we'll start off with chair. Is there a motion for chair? Um, I personally think you're such a great chair. You should do it one more time. <laughs> Is that a motion? That's a motion. I second. <laughs> <laughs> I third. Fourth. All right. Motion by Townsend. Second by oh, Wade. You gotta go out on a high, you know. Any discussion on that nomination <laughs> or in those motion? We put our trust in you every meeting, and you just do such a fantastic job. 
You're so foolish. <laughs> All those in favor of this motion signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Motion is approved six to zero. Vice, uh, vice chair. So we call it vice chair. Chair of Vice? I don't know. Vice chair, uh, <laughs> chair of Vice. I like that even better. Is there a, a motion for Vice Chair? Susan Craig. Motion by Townsend for Craig. Is there a second? I second. Second by Padrone. Discussion? Hearing no discussion. All those in favor of that motion signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, motion is approved 6-0. Secretary. I say stick with tradition. We got a good thing going here. I nominate Billy. Motion by motion. I second. Motion for Craig for Townsend. Second is Wade. Discussion. I, I'd like to discuss that, just one thing. By our own rules, the secretary is responsible for submitting the minutes. I saw in the minutes, I misspoke and said the word um, responsible for the agenda. They're not. That's actually my responsibility. That was a misspeak, a misspoke, misspeak, misspoke, whatever. But I think we should make sure that happens somehow. That like I it's submitted to Billy first for review before it's submitted to us. Is, can we change that? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. And I just loved the job I had last time. I did absolutely nothing. <laughs> well... <laughs> You will know because now I, I just think we should follow our rules. Does everybody agree with that? Yeah. 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 Okay. I agree. Okay. So motion for Townsend for secretary. Those in favor signify saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify saying nay. Hearing no nays, motion is approved 6 0. Well, that's a lot of change. <laughs> <laughs> Planning and zoning information. Uh, one item the Moss Ridge Road rezoning was approved at council last night. I have a question for the uh, oh what's it called now it used to be in what's the, the building that the parking lot's empty out there just south of Moss Ridge Road the huge facility that's Pearson's Pearson Pearson's, that's it yeah. is there anybody working in that building anymore I never see a car there is it totally work from home now you know well, the property was for sale oh it was yeah I don't I'm I don't know if it's vacant or not okay and I have just updates on asking for updates on a couple of things. One is um, the most immediate thing is I understand that historic preservation is having a hearing or a whatever on the status of um, the Polyeyes building. Assuming that they do something official there. Does that ever come to us? Yeah, it's a rezoning. So after oh, the H after the Historic Preservation Commission votes tomorrow night, it'll be on your next agenda. Okay. Yep. Okay. So that we can actually rezone something. Well, I guess it happens all the time that the na that the owner doesn't want to happen. Yeah, and um, the the neighbor the the property owner hasn't said if they oppose it or support it. So. Um, it's, it's unknown at this time. Okay. Can you, just, can you just briefly explain that for rezoning? You don't need the proper own, own, property owner's consent? That's, Because I'm yeah. sure that's confusing to people. Yeah, yeah they, they, that is true. Um, 
I'm sure it I, I don't some know the last one that we way. had that was like that, but the, the property owner can always protest, like yeah. formally protest the rezoning through a petition. And the other one is just an update on, I came into town with somebody the other day off the interstate, the Dubuque Street, and the big sign is there now for, Iowa um, City. Uh, for the development that never happened up where the mobile home park was. and. And I just wondered what the status of that is. Yeah, the, pro the property has been sold. So there's a new owner. They closed last year, I believe. Um, but we haven't received any applications. Okay. So what's the sign there? Does for? the sign stay available, that sign? I think you're right. It does say it available. available. Yeah. It's available. it's actually been sold, so I don't. They probably need to take the sign down because I don't think it's currently for sale. It was for sale, and then maybe they mean um, come and give me millions of dollars so you could build a hotel here and uh, pay me for my property. Yeah, I I I've never seen a sign like that before, so I'm not sure what. Well, she said, "What does that mean?" And I said, "You know, I don't I don't really know what it means." <laughs> I know. Do you know a forest view? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And are there people living still there? No. No, everyone has been relocated. The city, the city um, helped finance the relocation of the remaining residents. Any planning and zoning information from the commissioners? Anything else, Anne? No. Motion for adjournment. So moved. Motion Townsend, is there a second? Second. Second quail horse. Discussion? <laughs> Hearing no discussion, all those in favor of adjournment signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, motion is approved 6-0. We're adjourned. <laughs>